0: This week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdes. Thank you, Joyce. Sarah, we're really excited about that and the upcoming Christmas program. We've had those in the past, and it's always wonderful to see the kids uh, doing, showing off their talents, and, and especially when they're sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. We're so glad that you're with us. We had a little bit uh, larger than normal crowd in the first service this morning, and I, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing Common Grounds is, is kind of packed out right now for the class that Pastor Daryl's uh, leading this morning. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the message. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to John chapter 14, and we'll get there in just a moment. In the last two weeks, we've been talking about following Jesus Christ in relationship wherever he leads us. And this morning, we're going to talk about following him in discipleship. And that's really just another way of saying becoming like him in every way. Discipleship is relational When Jesus called the disciples to follow him, they literally were with him every single day, every single evening, evening, every hour. They were with him. They listened to his teachings and they watched his example as he walked out what he taught. And they were invited by him to participate in what he was doing. He literally sent them out to practice what they had been seeing and what they had witnessed and what they had been taught. They literally had hands-on training. And when Jesus gave the great commission that we referenced last week, he said that we were to go out and to do the same thing with the whole world. Make disciples. Basically teach them everything I have taught you. And then they, they will go out and make disciples. And in this process and through this process, it will continue until I come back. And that process is still going on today. Somehow we have to learn to take the broad message of the gospel and the wide mission of the church and deliver it person by person. The task of discipleship is a one on one person by person endeavor. I witnessed a great example of this at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, event this past Wednesday We had some of our own uh, youth from our church and, and some of the some other youth from the community share their testimonies and they were powerful testimonies. But one of the things that stood out to me the most in these testimonies was the relationship that they had with their Christian peers. And how those relationships either drew them to Christ in the first place. Or if they had straight away and walked away, this relationship drew them back to their relationship with Christ. It was literally one individual reaching out and walking with another individual. That's discipleship. Our vision at New Covenant Church is to glorify God by inviting all people to know, hear and respond to Jesus Christ through relationship and that's another way of saying discipleship through relationship. You know, really, that's a word that we just don't use too often in our everyday vernacular. You know, you don't hear people talking about discipleship outside of the church. But the truth is that word in and of itself means Teaching through relationship, through walking together, through living together like Jesus did with the disciples in every step and every way, uh, being an example, teaching, sending out, coaching, all of those things happen in that process. So really all of that's wrapped up in that one word, but because we don't use that word today, it doesn't convey that automatically or without us thinking through that process. And so that's why we keep tying that word relationship to it when we use it and when we, even in our vision, So where do we start? We start with Jesus Christ, the way, the only way, the truth, and the life. Look with me at John 14 if you're there, starting in verse 5. We looked at this the last two weeks as well. Thomas said this to Jesus. He said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. First things first, we have to come through Jesus Christ who restored our relationship to the Father. And then just a few verses down in the same chapter in verse 21, you can just look down and it'll also be on the screen. Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. But so is following. Earlier in the same chapter, we just read Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. The way to the Father is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That's the relationship part. And then we read... If we are in Christ, we will keep his commandments. We will do the things that he taught us to do. And Jesus and the father will come and make their home in us, giving us the ability to do what he taught us to do. That is the following. And that sets up the foundation of relationship and following discipleship through relationship. But how do we do that? Look with me at Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 16, and this will also be on the screen We read from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a lot (laughs) in that passage. He reconciled us that we might be ministers of reconciliation, that God is literally reaching out to the world through us who have been reconciled to him Through Jesus Christ. How do we do that outside of relationship? We don't. It's one-on-one, person-by-person. As we encounter people, they're literally getting the opportunity to be reconciled to the creator of heaven and earth through us, through our relationship, through the fact that we have been reconciled to him, and now we're ministers, we're ambassadors Of that ministry of reconciliation. The word reconciliation means restoration to favor. The restoration of the favor of God to sinners that repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice. God reconciled himself to us in Christ. And now entrusts us with the ministry of reconciliation. I think the church as a whole has done a good job of teaching information, of conveying information about God, but a poor job of making sure that information is received and practiced and applied. The main thing that I want us to walk away with this morning is that we have a need to actually apply and do the things that we've learned about for so long. Unfortunately, I think we've taught people and then expected them somehow to just miraculously go out and do the things that they've been taught with just this head knowledge of information. And unfortunately, I think throughout our country and throughout the world, we have pastors that regularly teach on things that they don't know how to do themselves. And I want to show you. A method that describes this process and what this process should look like and it really isn't anything new when I describe it you're going to be like yeah we knew that and really it's the process of discipleship and what that should look like I'm not big on acronyms if you've heard me preach uh for long you know you don't see them very often you know you got the all the letters tied to a word and Um, fit neatly together. And I I think the reason I don't use them too often is because they don't speak to me, really. Um, and I don't remember them. I might remember the word, but I don't remember what the letter is tied to. But I was reading a book, and and it had an acronym, and it said exactly what God's been speaking to me about this topic very clearly and very well. And it just so happened to be an acronym. So, so I'm going to use one this morning, and it, and I'll give the credit to the author. It's, uh, Randy Pope in a book called Insourcing. And he was talking about discipleship and, and the fact that it's something you have to walk through one on one, individually, in a relationship. And, and the acronym he used is TEAMS. And the letters stand for Truth, Equipping, Accountability, Mission, and Supplication. So, truth is direction and teaching. It's the tell me what and the tell me why. And this is what the church does. Most often what we do on Sunday mornings, we're teaching and teaching and teaching and you get more of the what and more of the why. We actually hit the teaching aspect head on in our vision statement. The why is to glorify God and the what is inviting all people to know, hear and respond to Jesus Christ. The how comes in the next aspect, which uh the other thing that I, that I want to hit on before we look at that is in this stage of truth and teaching, you should have the freedom to learn and ask questions. You should be able to question what you hear, question what you read. That so I don't understand that. I don't get that. You know, if you're my daughter's uh, oldest daughter's now in like chemistry and think trigger, like some type of math <laughs> that I did at one point but don't know how to do now. And so, you know, I tell her, Ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to go early and get tutored. It's okay to say, you know, I I don't get this. How how do you do this? Because she's learning. That's not a failure. That's part of the learning process. So when you're in this phase of teaching uh, and learning just those facts and the information, ask questions. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. We don't know it until we've learned it. The next two steps are often missing or greatly lacking in the church. The first one of these is equipping or coaching, the show me how, the do it with me. And this is that part of the vision statement that we added, the through relationship that we desire to glorify God by inviting all people to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. How? Through relationship. It has to be in relationship. And we added this about three and a half years ago to our vision statement. And that's something, like I said, God has been speaking to the elders and to to us for, for many years that, that we we just keep hearing discipleship over and over and over. And if you've been here over the last three years, you've heard about, we've been teaching about it. We've been teaching more and more about discipleship. But at some point, we have to take it and not just talk about it. We have to do it. We have to walk in it. We have to walk together in it. And that's where these next steps come in. And it has to be in relationship. And in this stage, you have to have the freedom to have an example and ask for help. You actually need to see someone do it. Someone walking in it, walking it out. I remember in Trinity and Amarillo, Candy and I took a class on prophetic. And they, during the class, then it got to this point and they said, okay, now we're all going to prophesy. And they said, pair off with somebody and, and we're going to spend about 10 minutes praying for that individual. And then we're going to ask God for a word for them. And you just wait and listen. And then whatever you feel like you're hearing, whatever God's saying, tell the other person what, what you think you heard. Scared to death. We were just kind of like, are you, are you kidding me? You know, are we, seriously? We're actually going to try this? <laughs> we're going to actually try to do something that this says? And so, so we did it, and it was scary. But the other thing that they said right up front, it's okay to fail. This is a safe environment. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They're scared too. It's okay. And it was amazing, and it was freeing. And we didn't, most of us didn't get it <laughs> the first year. I was like, well, this is, I heard one word, you know, or I did, here's like, I didn't get anything. You know, what whatever the response was, it's okay. We're going to try again later. We're going to encourage you. We're going to continue to equip you with teaching. We're going to continue to let you practice. And it's okay if you fail. We're going to do it again. That's the part of the process that so often we're missing. We actually Learn how to do the how. We watch people doing the how. And the next step is accountability. We need to support each other. This is the get me started and keep me going. This is part the part where you stop just watching the other person or observing and learning how. Now you switch and they're going to let you do it. And they're going to keep you accountable. They're going to walk with you. They're going to continue to encourage. They're going to continue to equip. But you are going to be actively doing it. In this stage, you should have the freedom to try and fail. You should be encouraged and still have the freedom to ask for help. And then the next is mission or delegating, the let me do it. And this step should only come after the other three have occurred. But this is where, where we've mess, missed it, really, and so, so often in the church. We've gone straight from the teaching to the go-do. And we miss the other two steps before you get there. And either out of fear, out of the lack of training and ability and all of those kind of things, we never try because we've gotten the lesson. And we say, "Okay, now go out there and do it. And we're like, we have no idea how. But if you ever did try it probably once and it didn't work out, so I'm never doing that again. But you were out there on your own. There was nobody with you. You hadn't been shown how. You weren't doing it with someone watching you. You weren't being encouraged. You were just out there. But that's how we've worked. we have worked. We teach and we say go without the other two. And so what we're really, all I'm trying to get across in this message, we, we haven't solved the problem. <laughs> we're not there yet. Honestly, I don't know of any church that is doing this exactly like it's supposed to be being done and truly producing disciples who are producing disciples who are producing disciples in relationship. But we can all look at this and say, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be done. But when it actually comes down to that person by person, relationship by relationship, we kind of go, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to actually walk this out. And the elders will let you know for the last few years, again, we've just, God has been telling us, this is where you're going. Follow me. And we've been taking small steps along the way. The class that Pastor Darrell's teaching right now, literally from the beginning, the first class and this class that he's teaching now, the, the word that we kept hearing and that we said it has to be part of every class is activation. We actually have to do what we're being taught. And so he's putting things in to say, okay, we're going to send you out with an example. And you're going to have something that you can talk to or pray with. or And then you're going to come back and we're going to expect someone to share their testimony of, hey, I actually tried it. Here's what happened. It worked and was great. Or I totally blew it. Or I think I did okay, but they didn't respond. You know, Whatever. What happens, happens. Jesus said, if they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And if you reject me, you're rejecting the Father. We're not accountable for the results. We're accountable for the message. To do what he's calling us to do, to follow him where he calls us to go. If they reject us, they're rejecting him. But we're ambassadors who have been reconciled in relationship to the Father, who has called us to the ministry of reconciliation. To be who he's called us to be in relationship with those of us in the body, with those of us in the world, to to call them along and say, this is how you do it. Who knew how to parent when you had a baby? We don't know what we're doing. Who knew how to be married when you first got married? If we're smart, we reach out and we ask for help. And we tell other people, we have no idea what we're doing. Will you help me? That's what we need to do in the body of Christ. And we don't learn it all at once. I think God would put, you know, a thing, a ministry, a calling, a gifting on your heart. If he's if you feel like God's calling you to a ministry of prayer or intercession. Find someone who's an intercessor or a prayer and say, can I pray with you? Will you teach me how to pray? I want to walk with you in praying. If God's calling you to be an encourager Find someone who's an encourager. And these people stand out. You know when there's an encourager around you and say, I know that God's calling me to be an encourager, but I don't know how. I see you being an incredible encourager. Will you walk with me and show me how? Will you pray with me? Will you encourage me? Will you show me? Will you let me try? Will you show me how? Discipleship and relationship. And the final thing is supplication. And prayer. Pray for me and pray with me. This one should go concurrently from start to finish and never end. We always need to be in prayer. In this, we have a freedom, not only that we're praying to the father, but knowing that, that the person we're walking with is praying for us and knowing that God is the one at work through this whole process. We can't do it. He is the one that's doing it all. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. But we can be the ambassador of reconciliation to those around us. I want to give you a very simple but practical and successful example that all of us have walked through. Because like I said, in church, we can't look at too many examples. And, and many of us, I would think, would be able to say, yes, I can... Um, have a testimony that I've been taught something, but I've never figured out how to actually walk it out. But this example is something we've all been taught and we've all walked out and it followed this method because it's not anything new. It's how we learn. And that method or this thing is handwriting. We learn before you ever pick up a pencil, your parents were singing the alphabet to you. Before you could ever even speak. You know, you didn't know the English language, but you were hearing the alphabet. And then as a young child, they're teaching you the letters and showing you pictures of the letters. And they're having you mimic A, B, C. And then you start to color, start to get, you know, holding on those pens and pencils and colors. And you start getting that down. But then they start saying, okay, here's a picture of an A. I'm going to give you some boundaries and lines and an extra line in the middle. And here's even some dashed outlines of letters. And all you need to do is trace over that. And they do that process. And you do that with them. And you encourage them. And you teach them. And they do that over and over and over. And eventually the, the example goes away, but you've still got the lines. And you start writing it there and trying to to get your letters down and eventually the lines even go away and you can just write without any direction at all and you can go ahead and show the next first of all I want to say that my handwriting is not that good my good handwriting is not that good this is this is me writing with my right hand if it if you're a teacher you see like that g that's off the line that a red circle around it you know <laughs> here's where it, points taken off Okay, there's my left hand. It looks like a kindergartner wrote it. you know, and then here's without without the the lines. Go ahead and show the left hand too. you can leave it here for a while. So one thing you'll notice here on that when I lost the lines that right hand, it's kind of like angling up. <laughs> I'm losing that that boundary, but it's still you know you can read it, it's legible. The other one you know you can just see how shaky it is uh it's <laughs> My, my wife and girls are back here doing kids and my mother-in-law is with us today. And I, when I picked up all this stuff and moved it, I found them taking notes, but on the back, they try, they were, some of y'all may be doing this right now. Okay. I'm going to do right hand. Now I'm going to do left hand. And so down here, they've got my example. Dad, it's just scribbles. That's, that's like what my real handwriting looks like. If I'm just writing real fast, you can't, it's not legible, but, but basically it's the same thing. Now my daughter, Allison, it's flipped. She's left-handed. Her left-handed looks good. Her right-handed looks all scribbly. But there's one one thing that I want you to get across in this, and I think it drives home the message that, that I'm making this morning. If teaching was enough, if knowledge was enough, if you just need to know everything there is to know about being a Christian, about following Jesus, about prayer, about evangelism, about whatever we need to do, you just need the knowledge of that, Was enough, my left hand would look like my right hand. I don't need to learn more about the alphabet. I know the alphabet. I know what the shapes look like. I know how to do it. I've done it over and over and over and over throughout my lifetime, but guess what? I've only done it with this hand. It's not about the knowledge. It's about the application and the practice and the actually doing what you've been taught. I can't write with my left hand because I've never done it. But I have all the knowledge. And we've just believed if I just learn enough, if I just get another lesson, if I just ask another question, if I just spend some more time in this teaching environment, I'll be able to do it. The truth is, the only way we're ever going to be able to do it is to do it. And not just once, not just twice. How many times did we have to write those letters? How many times did we have to go over and over? How many times did our teacher encourage us, or our mother or father encourage us, do it again, do it again? Here's how. I'll hold your hand. I'll help you. You're doing great. That's fantastic. That line's straighter than it was yesterday. Keep going. Keep trying. And that's something as simple as writing our alphabet. That's discipleship. That's what God's called us to do is to walk with our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, here's how. This is how you pray. I'll pray with you. Listen to me pray. This is how I worship. This is how I study. This is how I seek the Lord. This is what the Bible says on prophecy. This is what it actually looks like when you pray and listen. And if God speaks, you speak. If he doesn't, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) But we can't learn without doing it. And it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to do it wrong. But you are walking with a person who will say, Good job. You tried. That's fantastic. Now let's try this next time. Let's do this next time. Next time you get to do it on your own and tell me about it. And then we'll try it again. And again. And again. And again. And if we follow this process... Eventually, we'll get to the place that we not only learn how to do it ourselves, but then we're able to walk with others in it. And it's not one big package. It's not that we get all of this down. We're all still learning. I'm still practicing on preaching. I'm still learning how to preach. I'm still learning how to pray. I'm still learning how to seek God. I'm still learning how to hear His voice and prophesy. I'm still learning all of these things as well. When I looked up that little example with the lines, I came across a deal that said, if you want handwriting that looks good, follow these steps, take this course. You know what that would take? Practice and examples And like I said, my handwriting is not good. But if I wanted good-looking handwriting, I could practice. I could watch those videos. I could do it over and over and over and over and one day get it. I'm probably not going to do that. But I could. It's possible. But there is one thing in your life right now that God would be speaking to you and say, here's what you need to be working on. Here's what you need to be practicing on. Pray, ask him, what is that, Lord? What are you calling me to right now? What gift of the Holy Spirit? What uh, spiritual discipline? What are you calling me to work on and practice in? And then find somebody who you know that does that well. I guarantee you they would be excited and elated to walk with you in that because if that's something they do, they're passionate about it. It's not hard to find an encourager. They stand out. We've got a whole list of people who are on our intercessor team who pray. We can help you in that. We will walk with you in that. And it's one step at a time. I have one, uh, oh, well, one, one other thing to share with before we go to the last scripture and close. Uh, Abby was playing in a tennis tournament this last week in Harker Heights. And there was a sign that was up in the, in the tennis courts, and it said, practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. And that just really stood out to me, because like, like I said, my handwriting isn't the greatest. My good right hand handwriting is not that great. But I've practiced it that way for my whole life, and it's permanent, unless I, I would have to seriously work hard and practice, practice to change that, because it's so ingrained. But whatever we do is going to be made permanent, whether it's good or bad, whether it's right or wrong. And so if we're going to start practicing these things, you want to find somebody who's doing it right and start practicing it right. Walk with someone in this that can be there to equip you and coach you and encourage you and get it down the way and, and you're still going to be unique to yourself. You know, that's something that, like in, in preaching, Pastor Daryl has walked with me uh, since the day that I got here and shown me a lot of things. And a lot of things that he showed me were very, well, everything was very good. But some of it was good for me for a while to get me those boundaries, those lines. But then after a while, it's like I'm walking through. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. I needed that. But that's not me. I I still have to figure out how to do it the way that God's calling me to do it and the giftings that he's given me. And so when you walk with someone, there's not just one way to pray. But they're going to walk with you and show you and encourage you. And and in that process, you will find your method and your way. So it's not not just this cookie cutter thing that we're all going to be identical, but God has called us to walk together, pray for one another, encourage one another, lift one another up. There's hundreds of examples uh, of just that one another statement in the New Testament of what we're supposed to do for one another and with one another and because it's all about discipleship, all about relationally walking with God. So I've got one last scripture as a word of encouragement for you. It's Hebrews 4, verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus gets it. He was here. He did it himself. He walked through this. Life. He understands. And He came to reconcile us to the Father, to walk with us, to give us that perfect example, to call us to follow Him, to follow His example, and to walk together in this ministry of reconciliation. And because of what He's done, we can now come boldly before the throne of God, before the throne of grace, and obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. We need his help. He sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to teach us everything that we don't know how to do. In this process of walking together, it's not about us, it's not about the teacher, it's not about the student, it's about him. And he will be with us from start to finish in that process. Philippians says that he started this good work and he's going to bring it to completion. We can trust him. But we have to be willing to step out and actually try. Let's try to do some of the things that we've learned about for so long. But don't try to do it on your own. Find someone that you can walk with in this relationship. The thing that we're doing with this class, it's one small step. Like I said, God's been speaking this to us for a long time. And we're going to be walking in this for years to come. This isn't a, a quick answer. We couldn't even learn how to write quickly. It's a long, slow process. But what we can say is this is what God's been speaking to us. And we're following him where he's leading us. Every step of the way as he tells us how, how we can help each other, including ourselves, walk better and follow him better and actually do the things that he's called us to do, we're going to take that next step and take that next step. And this class that he's doing now is one of those things. Life groups, all of our ministry teams, uh, what we talked about last week, if you weren't here, we mentioned that uh, Fernando Ariano's has come on as a part-time staff member. Same thing, all for relationship, that we can have relational leadership from the top down That your life group leader can be there uh, to encourage you, to pray with you, to pray for you, to hold you accountable. That your uh, greeting team leader, that your ministry team leader, that your uh, hospitality uh, people, everybody in every area of our ministries would have this relational mindset. We can't do it with everybody, but that leader can at least say, do you have somebody yet? I'm praying for you that you're going to find the person you need to be walking in relationship with. That you can encourage and they can encourage you. That you can pray for and they can pray for you. And if you say, no, I don't have, I haven't found them yet. Okay, I'll keep praying. And I'll ask you next week or I'll ask you in two weeks. Who have you found? Who are you walking with? If you say nobody again, okay, that's okay. I'll keep praying and I'm going to ask you again. We have, that's part of that accountability that we have to be walking with people and holding them accountable or we're not going to move forward. We're not going to go to that next step. But we're all responsible. We've all been called to the ministry of reconciliation. And we have to be willing to step out and fail. We have to be willing to step out and ask and somebody say, no, I don't think I can do that. Okay, well, I'll ask someone else. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. God has called me to do this, and I'm going to walk in this. Jesus taught us this method from the very beginning, and it works. The church is still here today because of that. It works. And he's calling us this morning to walk with him in that one-on-one relationship. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just we give you all praise, all honor, all glory this morning. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your son, the minister of reconciliation. He restored our relationship with you made a path for us to be in relationship with you again. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. Father, and for those of us that have come to Him, come to you in that relationship, Lord, you have now called us to be ministers of that reconciliation to the world. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each one of us, give us a word. Lord, what you would have us to focus on, Lord, what ministry, what spiritual discipline, what gift of the Holy Spirit, what area of of our life, Lord, that you would want to work in, Father, that you would want us to practice in. And Father, I pray that you would give us names of people that we could walk with in that, Lord, that they would encourage us, that they would pray for us. And that we can walk with them in another area that we may be strong and encourage them and pray for them. Lord, we want to follow you where you lead. Wherever you go, Lord, that's where we want to be. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.